Good morning. Welcome to Gap Hill. Let's all stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord today? I said, have you come to bless the Lord today? Amen. 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 I thought I heard somebody say something. I know. It's funny. What happened yesterday was big in, in Pickens. Trump rally. And, uh, Trump's great. I love that. But how much greater is our God? Amen. Let's lift him up today. Give him glory. He is worthy. Lord, we bless you in this place. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. Let's sing to the Lord. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. And he opened the prison doors. And he parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Yeah. And there's joy in the house of the Lord. And there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Prison. And now we're running 
Jesus, we lift you, we magnify you, glorify the Lord together, church. Lift him up. He is worthy. Hallelujah. He is worthy, church. He is worthy. Let's bless the Lord. We magnify you, O oh God. Lord Jesus, I lift you up. I praise you, Lord Jesus, in this place. I magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray, God, come. Turn this thing around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. Oh, God, turn it around. Calling on the name changes everything. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. Oh, God, got to turn it around. Because all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come, come in the name. Breakthrough will come, come in the name. 
Church, lift him up together. He is worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Continue your worship. Praise the Lord. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house today? He's worthy. He's worthy of all the praise. So good to see you with us this morning in the house of the Lord. Uh, I got a couple announcements I'm going to make, and I'm going to jump right into the scriptures today. Uh, phase three updates. We've been working on that. It is going good. All that we're waiting on right now, really. The only concern that we have are the gym floors that have got to be put in, and I am waiting for the manufacturer to give our contractor word that he's got the shipment on the way, and then we'll be planning to get those put in. So be praying that that runs smoothly. Also, Gap Widows meeting will be on Thursday, July 18th, 12 noon. Uh, my mother-in-law, Donna Johnson, will be the speaker for that event. And we are also, I want to mention today, and I'm going to probably have him come in a couple weeks and give a little... Um, three to five minute um, talk to the church. His name's Don Chavis, and uh, we're partnering with Europe's Child Missions. We've been looking for a missionary. We do a lot of local missions um, here in the community, but we also wanted to look abroad. God has blessed us, and we're just wanting to bless other people, so we were able to send him $500 this past council meeting, and uh, we're looking forward to starting and partnering with him, and like I say, he'll be here probably in a couple weeks. I'll make that announcement once I confirm it. But if he is, he'll have some information for you that he can hand out to you and tell you exactly what they're doing. They're taking care of kids over there. It has to do with education. It has to do with clothing. It has to do with food. Don is a missionary that is, he's actually going over there two or three times a year, but he desires to be full-time over there. He just needs a little more support to be able to go. As soon as he gets the support, he is going full-time to Europe to do ministry. And so this is a great opportunity, I think, for us to help launch him into a full-time ministry. And so that would be a great thing to be a part of. So be praying about that. If you have your Bible this morning, Luke chapter 4 and verse 4 is your text. Luke 4 and verse 4. And I want to preach on a simple sermon entitled, Defeating the Strongholds. And happy July 4th to everybody. That's coming up. And so we're going to talk a little bit about warfare today. And um, I believe the Lord is going to speak to us in this house. Don't you believe he's a God of miracles? Don't you believe he's a God that can just turn it around? Is there anybody in the house that he's done it for before? Just out of nowhere, he just did it. 
literally blows your mind when the God that you serve cares enough about you to come off of his high and mighty throne and to come down to earth, what is man, that you are mindful of us. How, why do we deserve this? We don't deserve it. But thank God for his goodness in our lives. Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. <clears throat> this is a story of where Satan is tempting Jesus. The Bible tells us first off, and I won't read all of it, but Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted 40 days by the devil. So Jesus is fasting. He hasn't eaten anything. Uh, he's getting near the end of it. He is very hungry. The devil will always jump on you at vulnerable times, all right? And so he is vulnerable. He's hungry. He's thirsty. He's been doing this for 40 days. He's getting tired. He's getting weary. And then shows up the devil. And he says, if you are the Son of God, then why don't you command that these rocks or these stones become bread? But verse 4, Jesus answered him saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is coming out of the mouth of God. I, I, want, I want to deal with defeating your strongholds today, if I may, for just a little while. Can I, can I say it this way? Life is a fight. Does anybody agree with that? Does anybody know what it means to struggle? Does anybody know what it means when you've got your life laid out, everything's going perfect, and then life happens and changes your plans, everything gets out of whack because of one event that takes place in your life? You are going to learn very quickly that life is a battle. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you're a saint in this house today or if you're a sinner in this house today. Life is going to be a battle. The difference in the saint and the sinner is I guess all you've got to turn to is your father, the devil. I hate to say it that way, but that's just quoting Jesus, not what I say. But I'm glad today for every child of God when we go through life and it happens. We've got a greater one than us that we can depend on, that we can rely on. And his name is Jesus. And the Bible said he has already overcome the world. Meaning anything that you've ever went through, he has already been there and done that. And he has won the battle. But if you're going to win a fight, you have to learn how to fight right. If you're going to win the fight. You don't go in blindly, right? You, you've got to prepare for it. It takes time. I was looking physically. You work on your footwork and you work on your, your speed. And maybe even you put on headgear and take a few punches. And maybe before the fight, you even pull the headgear off so you can really toughen up. Get a bloody nose. I mean, you're going to get it in a real fight anyhow. They train you to be ready and prepared for this stuff. But I want to tell you something about fighting the devil. This is not a physical battle as you know. This is spiritual warfare that we are in. And I'm telling you we don't go in blindly but Paul tells us and I love what he said in the scripture. He said you are not ignorant of the plans of the devil. I want y'all to think about this. How many of you in this church you have been in church your entire life? There's a lot of you. Some of you, maybe not. I told you my mother was running around the church shouting in a little independent holiness church when I was in her belly about nine months old. I felt like John the Baptist. I wasn't saying I had the Holy Ghost in the womb, but I was cutting flips. <laughs> Flipping all through the church. They picked at her and told her, said, Ann, that baby's going to come out shouting. And I tell people I did. She's running around the church. I was born in this thing. I've been raised and bred in this thing. It is all that I have never known, that I've ever known. It is familiar to me. And I want you to know something that I realize. I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. I'm not ignorant of the devil's plans. I have seen him work in people's life. I have had him work in my life. And so Paul wants us to understand this concept. He says the first thing we need to get straight is there is no attack that the enemy is going to bring into your life that you're not aware of. There is nothing new under the sun. He's going to find your vulnerabilities and that is where he is going to attack you at. Because isn't that what the enemy does anyhow? Isn't that the tactic of warfare? We are fighting in this spiritual realm. We, we are struggling in the spirit, in nature. You have to know when you're fighting in a spiritual battle, you cannot work on footwork. You cannot work on your boxing strength. You cannot work on lifting weights and beat the devil. I used to laugh at the guy that told the story. 
He called the preacher and said, there's demons that are dancing around my little camper here. What do I do? He said, I've already got the shotgun. And he said, what you going to do with the shotgun, son? You plan on shooting yourself? Because you can't shoot the demon. This is not a physical warfare. This is something spiritual that is going on. And if we are going to overcome this spiritual battle, then we're going to have the fight right to win it. God, I feel like preaching today. And what Jesus tells us in the Word, He says when you get ready to fight. See, I love Jesus because He gives us examples of how we're supposed to do this thing. When Jesus was weary and tired, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible said the devil came to Him, but Jesus answered, and this is what He said, It is written. We used to have people that come up for prayer and they were demon possessed and all this kind of stuff. And man, I remember we used to holler at the demon and fuss with the demon and talk to the demon. Anybody ever experienced anything like that? Y'all like, man, I ain't never been to Holiness Church. I've had them manifest themselves. I've had them say boo to me, trying to scare me. One of them did actually one time scare the mess out of me. About 15 years old and she wrote and said, boo! And when she did, I jumped to scare me to death. Power of God come on me. I said, you lying. If I jump back in her face, I ain't even studying this mess. I've got the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Why am I afraid of you? What I'm telling you, we used to pray with him. We used to slap him in the head, do all this. But when I read about Jesus, all he had to do was say it. See, I'm telling you, I'm afraid that we have forgotten the power of the weapon that is in our hand. God, help me preach today, Jesus. We have forgotten the power of the Word of God. Jesus did not grab us. So you remember when they came to get Jesus, and, and he cut off the ear. You remember Peter cut off the ear of the servant. And when he cuts off the ear, Jesus says, Peter, Peter, put away your sword. This is not a physical battle. And he picks up the ear, and he puts it on him, and he heals it. And he says, this is not a, a physical battle we are fighting. Put away your swords. We are in a spiritual battle. This is about to be the greatest battle that the world's ever known when I go to that cross and darkness is going to surround me. This is a spiritual battle. The only way you can overcome spiritual things is with the Word of God. That's it. This is your sword. Yes. Oh, Jesus, help Jimmy today. When I read in Ephesians chapter 6, the word of God is my weapon. And do you know, he gives us equipment. He says, put on the, you know, this and that, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. He's naming all feet child with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He's putting stuff everywhere on his body to protect himself. But in his hand, he says, is the word of God. So, I'm going to say it this way. The word of God is your sword. Use it. I'm going to say it one more time because there's a couple of people that still didn't get that. You were sleeping or thinking about lunch. I said the word of God is your only weapon to use in this spiritual battle. Use it in the spirit. Are you hearing me? Listen, if, if we sent men to a battlefield and said, all right, guys, we're going to fight this war. We're going to give you these guns. If they hand me a 9mm, which I'm sure they don't use on combat, we've got to have a lot more power than that. But they hand me a 9mm I'm working out and say, this thing's loaded. Here goes two clips. Pop them in the side. Yeah, here we go. James Bond on the move. The problem is this. If I hold the gun, but I never use the gun. God, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to break loose and preach here in about five minutes. I feel it. I feel it coming. I'm trying to just be an even keel, calm guy, but I'm really feeling this. Oh, I try. I really do. If I got the gun in my hand and I don't use the gun, I'm going to get myself killed. When I die and I lose the battle, it is not my general's fault. It is my fault. I had the weapon. I knew the plans of the enemy. I knew they were coming to attack me. I knew they were coming for me. And I just held my gun, never fired it. I deserve to die. I'm in a war. 
I see people go to church all the time. Oh, God. They carry their Bible with them, walking around as if they, oh, man, look at me. I carry a Bible. Oh, yeah, look, I love this Bible. Boy, this is genuine leather right here. Let me tell you something. You can carry your Bible all you want. You can put a scripture verse on your T-shirt. You can put a sticker on the back of your car. But I'm telling you, until you speak it, until you actually use it, it ain't doing you no good. We often wonder why people, we put our Bibles on the shelf and those Bibles end up collecting dust. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, they collect dust. It is doing me no good on the shelf. I've got to use the weapon that God has given me. And one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is what I preached about the other week. Is to get us busy and distracted so that we don't have time to even engage in the Bible. I'm telling you, we have to read it even when it feels like it's not having an effect on us. Because I want to show you Isaiah 55, 11. This is what God said. He said, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it what? It always produces fruit. I don't know when it's going to happen. But if you've got to speak it over your family, go ahead and speak it. If it doesn't happen tonight, so be it. But maybe next week is the week. All that you can do is use the sword God has given you. That is all you've got. Don't, you can't do any more. You can't do any less. All you can do is say, Satan, thus saith the Lord, it is written. That's how you win the battle, brothers and sisters. See, we've got to understand the word will not return void. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is your weapon. Use it. When Jesus faced the devil, he said, it is written. He knew when he's looking this enemy eyeball to eyeball, he knows that if I speak the word of God, because it is the sword of the Spirit, I can win this thing. We do not live or stay in the feet, ladies and gentlemen. We go through battles. Sometimes they are up and down. But we refuse to stay down. And we have this weapon. And I'm telling you against the enemy. This weapon has never lost. It always wins in the end. There's something about tasting failure in an area of your life. Have you ever been there? Feet two, anybody? I've been there. I failed. I tried things. I get excited about things sometimes. I think, man, this is the greatest idea since sliced bread. And it fails as fast as I think it up. But you know what I do? I get up and I dream again. I quote another scripture. I claim a promise of God because I know that God's word is not going to fail me. I am not going to lose the battle. I am set. When things don't go the way that we think they should, see, this is what the enemy does. He will set up a stronghold in our life and he will say to us, Now, don't you ever try that again. You know, last time you tried that, it failed. You know, last time you even thought about it, it failed. Last time you said anything about it, it fails. This is when that happens, you know that the enemy is targeting you. I have been through seasons that I knew the enemy was targeting me. I think about Job all the time. It's the greatest story probably in the Bible of life's difficulties, right? We all know who he is if we've read our Bible any at all. Job is a man. I like this. Watch this. Do you know Satan has a pile of demons, right? He has angels. They're called fallen angels that fell when Satan fell like a shining star from the sky. Like a lightning bolt, these angels came with him. They now, instead of being angels, they're demonic spirits. They work for Satan. They go do his bidding. The demons are what torment us. It's demons that are tormenting our minds. But every now and then, when a work gets to going too good, Satan says, I ain't going to send y'all to do the dirty work. I'm going to go today. That's when you know this thing's getting serious. Now, I can't say for sure that I've ever been targeted directly by Satan or if it was just imps of hell with the plan. But I'm going to tell you, Job was targeted by him. Yeah. Satan thought, I can crush him. Yeah. 
I can kill him. I can get him. And by goodness, the Lord let him. The Lord allowed him to do all kinds of things. He lost a lot of stuff. He lost family members. He lost children. He lost cattle. He lost houses. But then guess what he did? He started quoting what we know today as the word of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And in the end, I'm going to celebrate. In the end, I'm going to be rejoicing over the enemy. There's something powerful about this. It is written. So let's look at it this way. So we're not in a physical battle. We're in a spiritual battle. But it still has a lot of the same, same things that you would have in a physical battle in the sense that Satan will try to come into your life, come into your home, come into your churches, come into your jobs, come into your life personally. And he will try to set up a stronghold in your life. Are y'all ready for this? Does anybody know what a stronghold is? I want to say to you, don't fall for it. When I begin to look up what a stronghold is, this is what it is. A stronghold is a fortress that serves as a defensive structure. Now I'm going to make it layman's terms. Or a military base. I thought July 4th, man, that's great. That's great. Do you know what a military base is used for? You put your ammo there. You plan there. You strategize there. And then you go and you attack. And then you go back to your military base. See, there's some of us that I'm afraid that the devil's put one right at our house. And he attacks us and then he runs back to his military base. He strategizes. He comes right back. He is right there. The worst thing you can have is a military base set right up beside you. Oh, Lord. For some of you, it may be the marriage. For some of you, it may be the struggle to where that, that spark just isn't there anymore. For others, it could be financial issues that are going on or, or insecurities. Perhaps your past has dealt you a bad hand of card and, and everywhere you turn, there's hardships at every turn. This becomes a stronghold in your life. And the enemy says to you, it's never going to change. The past says nothing is going to change because it's always been that way you've tried before and failed it will always be this way you might as well give up you will never ever win that is what the devil strategizes against us it is never easy to get victory you look over our history and our independence and I could give you story after story where battles were fought so that we could be in this church today and worship Jesus in the freedom and liberty of worship. That's why I honor those. Not only those that have served, that are serving today, but I honor those from way back yonder that helped us to get our independence. July 4th, 17 said, it meant a lot when that happened. Thank God for them and I honor them today. But a battle is not easy. And when you have a war, there's going to be people that are going to die, right? That's what happens. You're going to lose a few good men. And I'm telling you, I've seen it in the spiritual realm. I've lost some good friends that used to be men and women of God. I've seen people that used to preach the house down with an anointing like you wouldn't believe. But today they're in the world because the devil got a hold to them. Build a stronghold. And they just let it stay there. And if you allow it to stay there, you can't win the victory. But I'm going to show you in just a minute how you can. It's never easy. You'll always go through a struggle. But divine persistence, that means they that means that comes from God. He's the divine one. It comes an unction from the Holy Ghost that says, I am not going to give up. It's an unction from the Holy Spirit that says, I am not going to quit. I am not going to turn back. I'm going to do whatever it takes to find the victory. See, never forget. Listen to this. Jesus won. He won the battle. Read your Bible. When Jesus was crucified and died for the sins of the world and Satan rejoiced and thought I've got him now. Their Savior is dead. 
Their Redeemer is gone. That is why Easter is such a big deal for us. Because we celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ. From the cross to the grave. When on the third day he rose again. Jesus rose victorious. And because he is victorious. Guess what? You are victorious. He's already won your battle. Oh Jesus I praise you. He's already won it. The only power that the devil has over you. Is the power of that you allow him to have. That's powerful. I want to say it slow. The only power or stronghold that is set up in your life that you've given to the devil, it is because you have allowed him to have it. You are an heir of Jesus Christ. Victory is our middle name. It doesn't mean struggle doesn't come. It doesn't mean hardships aren't there. But victory is an inheritance to us as children of God. And the devil knows it. That's why every time we pick this up, he gets nervous. Because if I can just find one scripture... Oh, God, help me today. Help me, help me. If I can find one scripture that I can learn and I can quote from my situation, then until the victory comes, I'm just going to say it. It is written. Every time that stronghold, he strategizes and tries to set it up. I'm saying, no, no, not today, devil. It is written. If it worked for Jesus, it will work for you. This is your weapon, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Bible. It works. The thing that keeps you from, from having what God says is yours. It can be a lack of vision. It can be that you're not dreaming big enough. You know what I want to be? I want to have crazy faith. That's what I want people to say about me. I want people to say that guy was crazy. I want people to say he believed that God could do it. We're in a council meeting the other night. Somebody mentioned, we were talking about kids and stuff. Somebody was talking about, yeah, we just have a water park right there. I said, stop it. I said, because if you can dream it, I'm going to dream with you. There's nothing impossible. You want a water park? Let's have a water park. I don't care. What I'm telling you is we've got to get to the place that we understand the God that we serve. We are victorious people. I am going to overcome in Jesus' name. We are going to succeed in Jesus' name. Listen, if you need resources, God will give you resources. If you need healing, God's got the healing. If you need emotional help from where you have suffered emotionally and you've been the product of maybe verbal abuse, God can mend you. God can touch that. God can speak gentle whispers in your ear. I love you. He can make you feel loved again. He can change your situation. All you've got to do is what? It is written. It is written. That's it. That's it. That's what you have to do to win. My goodness. And it's also the refusal to get up and to walk by faith is another reason why Satan overcomes us. We just give up. We can't change. It's been going for too long. Too far gone. It's the words maybe we've used before. This thing's too far gone. But one of my favorite stories in all the Bible, and I, I'm, I go back to it often. I know I do preaching. I'm sorry if I talk about it too much. I just can't help it. When them four lepers were sitting outside the gates of Samaria, and they were about to die, and one of them had a light bulb go off in his head and said, why in the world are we going to sit here until we die? Because if we stay in this place, we're going to starve to death. I am going to get up by faith and I'm marching into that camp. I know we're lepers. We're not supposed to be there. They may kill us. I don't even care right now. I'm going to go by faith into that city and I believe that there's a God in heaven that's going to help us. And they went and the enemy had already been scattered. And the Bible said they went in there and got all the food and the plunder that they wanted. Nobody even saw them. They got it and just left. And those lepers, they may have died later. 
But they didn't die that day. And I'm telling some of you today, do not give up. It is time to get up, stretch your spiritual muscles again, have faith and say, God said it. And if God said it, I'm going to claim it. If God said it, I'm going to believe it. If you can dream it, God can do it. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? The only thing that keeps us out of the promised land God has for us Oftentimes it's not even the enemy. It's often a lack of courage and faith for us to believe. To believe for yourself that God can do it. The problem has never been the devil. The problem is when we get blind in our vision and our ability to walk in faith and trust God. We must say, I can do it because God says, I can do it. I don't have a long one for you today. I'm, give me five more minutes. I'm going to shut this thing down. But I do want to leave you with this. Go to 2 Corinthians. I want to read this really quick in two different versions of the Bible. Because I want you to grab it. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war or battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty in God. For pulling down strong holds. Next one. Let me show you this version. We are human. Just in case you forgot. You're not an alien. Won't even go there. There was a rabbit trail. But I refuse in Jesus name. Let's go. We are human. But we don't wage war. As humans do, I told you, this is not a physical fight. This is a spiritual fight. We use God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons. I can't shoot the devil with a shotgun. A spiritual weapon. And yes, it's even in physical. We can touch it. This is his word. Man, that's powerful. Look at what he said. To knock down the strongholds. Are y'all with me? It is he said, when you begin to use this word, those strongholds that you've allowed the devil to build up in your life, you are going to knock them flat on the ground. Like the walls of Jericho tumbling down. Watch this. We're going to knock down the strongholds of... Go back to the scripture there, everybody. I'm sorry, I'm not quite finished. We are going to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. That means people aren't going to get it. They're not going to understand it. You know why? Because people in the flesh don't understand spiritual things. Only those that are spiritual understand spiritual things. To the world, what I'm preaching today is foolishness. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. And to destroy false arguments. Yes. That's the three friends of Job that come and want to tell him what they think about the situation. God said, you got to pull that mess down. You better knock it down now. You can't listen to human reason. You can't listen to what other people say. I'm telling you, there's sometimes we talk ourselves out of victory. There's other times that we allow other people to talk us out of victory. And we think we've got to call them and get their approval. And we've got to make sure that what they say is going to go with what we're going to do. Stop doing that. This is the voice you need to hear from. And when he speaks, it is so. Go to the piano. I'm closing. So today, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you with two questions. The first question is very, very simple. The first one is how often do you take the time to really sit down and read the word? That's the first question. How often do you bathe yourself? In this world. Again, this is your only weapon. So if you're losing the battle, have I sat down and looked at my weapon? Have I found my attack tactic? Have I found my verse yet? Have I found the victory is mine yet? Have I found by his stripes I am healed yet? Have I found no weapon formed against me shall prosper yet? Have I found I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me yet? Have I found there is nothing, neither height nor depth nor anything, nor any other?
other creature or creation that can separate you from the love of God. Yea, in all these things you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ that loved you. Have I found it yet? Because it's in here. It's in here. It's in here. Your answer may not come from a preacher preaching. I'm telling you, your answer is somewhere in here. Pray and find it and say, as it is written, thus saith the Lord. And you tear down that stronghold in Jesus' name. Tear down that, that military base the devil set up. You can. So first off, how often do you read the Bible? If you were to rate your Bible read on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you even fall out, right? With 1 being, I barely even look at it. 10 being, man, I've been reading the Word and God's been giving me some revelation. It's more than just reading. I was reading the other day and, man, God gave me a sermon. I'm like, yes, this is great. That's, that's a, a more of a 10 level. God spoke to me personally. So where would you be at? What would it take right now? What would you have to do to move the score closer to 10? How could you fit it into your busy schedule? What, what if you took 30 days? What if you got spiritual like Jesus and just did 40 days? Because, and you have purpose, and you do the things that you said it would take to move you closer to that 10. And you do it for 40 days, right? Because here's the deal. If we aren't willing to pick up the sword of the Spirit, if we aren't willing to open up and read more about the God that died for us and loved us, no wonder we're not moving forward. We're moving backward. And the more backwards we move, the more strongholds and military bases that Satan, that Satan is, is setting up until he backs us into a corner and we ain't got nowhere to go. He owns all the territory. The curse of this age, I preached it a couple weeks ago, that Satan is using against the church in the 21st century is in the form of distraction. He is distracting us through the form of busy schedules. He keeps us so busy. It is a test. And I, I truly believe, and I know this, we make time for the things that are important to us. I, I, I do a lot of listening to the Bible. People do things different. Sometimes I open it, but a lot of times I listen to it. I have noise cancellation on them little AirPods, and I cancel out all the noise. Ask Jennifer. Sometimes she tries to talk to me. I'm like, what? I have to pause and pull it out. I, won't, I block out everything that I hear around me. And I listen to what thus saith the Lord. Why can't we take 10 or 15 minutes seriously a day to bathe in His Word? With technology, you can listen to it in your car. You can go down the road and you can listen to it. You can listen on a phone app. I mean, you can get the Word in you if you want to. Because we've got a lot of Christians going around and we're powerless. And we're sitting there saying, why am I powerless? We're like the seven sons of Sceva. Well, I told that demon to come out and the demon said, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who in the world are you? Powerless. Bathe yourself in the Word. The God of the universe is asking you Please just do it. Make room for that time. And when you do, let's all stand. I'm closing. When you do that, you just sit back, child of God, and you watch. As you quote it, as you say it, all right. Jericho is the biggest wall around. Multiple chariots can ride. So side by side around the wall. That's how thick it is. God speaks to the man of God, Joshua, and says this is going to be more of a spiritual battle than it is a physical battle. 
Don't worry about swords. Don't worry about weapons. All I want you to do is have faith and get up and walk. And you march around those walls. It had to be discouraging when I'm sent out to the battlefield and I don't have a weapon and I'm going against the strongest city around and I'm marching around the outer wall. And I'm, All right, let's go. And they're marching around. Day one, march one time. All right, Joshua, we did it today. We're going to go get a nap. We're tired now. It's all right. Tomorrow we're going to get up and we're going to go again. All right? For six days, one time a day, we're walking around, around, around. Thirteen times total because on the seventh day, he said, the day you're really going to be tired. But you're going to have to fight this battle. It's a spiritual battle. I want you to walk around seven times today. And the man of God, thus saith the Lord, when you go around on the seventh time, these walls will come tumbling down. Can I be real with you? I'm afraid that what our problem is, is that we don't mind walking around one time. But when God doesn't answer it the first round, we say, God ain't going to do this. It must not be meant to be. God ain't but God says, get up and go again. Pray again. Fight one more battle. Live the fight another day. But often we get weary. But what pastor is trying to do today is to encourage you. Find your scripture. Quote it. You keep on marching around that military base that Satan has set up. And I am telling you today, God is going to tear it down. In the Bible. One man wrote a book called The Promises of God and he found that there were 8,810 promises from Genesis to Revelation. Can you grasp, can you grasp that? 8,810 promises that God gave you in your weapon, in your sword for the spiritual battle you're in. How many of them can you quote to me? Am I preaching too hard today? Coy, am I I'm on the right track? You think I'm on the right track? Maybe, maybe, perhaps. How many can you quote? They're full of them. My challenge to you today is very simple. This is my word from the Lord. Find your verse. Use it until the walls come down. Until the stronghold falls. It's in there somewhere. Pray and find it. Sing it. God, turn it around. Sing it. Whatever you sing. All of my hope. It's in the name of Jesus. The breakthrough will come. These altars are open today if you want to pray. The altars are open if you want to pray right now. The altars are open.
this precious book we call the Bible because it is what thus saith the Lord to us. I am asking you to let someone grab a hold to the fact that they would pray and say, God, lead me to my verse of victory. Lead me to the verse that I need to use this week and next week, possibly for the rest of the year. I don't know. But I'm going to chip away at that stronghold. I'm going to quote my verse and I'm going to be like Jesus that as it is written. Let us grasp how much power is in your word. It is the most powerful weapon, stronger than any nuclear force in the physical. This thing right here can turn it around for us. In Jesus' name, let us never forget it. Amen. All right, guys, so next week we're going to be taking a t-shirt order. We've got all kinds of different colors. It's a new design. It's like the same as the church sign out there. It's going to be in white, but we got different colored shirts. And uh, they're the really soft kind. They feel really, really good in the summertime. So we changed that up a little bit. So we'll be doing those um, next week and taking orders. I'll have them out there. Jennifer will probably be out there helping you. And um, you can mark what size you want. I got them so you can hold them up to you. Some of them are made a little smaller, so you can just make sure it's your right fit before we order them. And, um, and then we're also going to have our hats out there next week. We've got some back there. If, um, if you're a guy, I know where the guy hats are. I can't remember where the girls are. I think they're in the back part. Um, but we got some girl hats too. But I'm going to bring those out next week for you. They're like $20 a piece. Um, and I'm telling you, they're really, really nice. So um, they'll be out here next week as well. If you want one today, Bryce is back there. He knows where they are. He could run get one of you guys one if you wanted one. It's the one with the little, it's got a circle on the side. Gatfield Church of God, really nice clean looking hat. I think you'll like it. All right. God bless you guys. Do you love Jesus today? Amen. Amen. Shake hands and be friends. Be blessed.